Okay. I don't hear you. Maybe I'm you're... right here. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's just jump right in. Okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Flex Fox Fantasy Weekly Podcast. I am once again your host, Garth Newton, coming to you live from my attic here in beautiful New Hamburg, Ontario. And with me, as always, is my stalwart co-host, Jeremiah Johnson. How's it going? I don't know if I'd classify New Hamburg as beautiful. Um, maybe have your you place been is. to New Hamburg? I mean, I feel like I have, although I might be getting it confused with one of the many hamlets around Waterloo. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have. Okay, I have. okay. Yeah. So you're just going to insult my my place of residence. Okay, I see how it is. I mean, I'm not insulting your particular place of residence, the town okay. you reside in, perhaps, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. It's, uh, it's very white. Uh, I think that's the word you're looking for. Uh, and you can uh, you can take offense to that if you'd like, but uh, you know what? It turns out when you come, when you live in a small German town, hmm. there are certain profiles that just naturally happen. So you're saying your town's superior then in Ooh, every sense no. of the word? Far from it, in fact. Oh, okay. uh, definitely set back in any conceivable way. Is there still slavery in New Hamburg? Uh, yes, but. Only where I'm concerned, uh, you know, Garth, do this, <laughs> honey, do that. Dad, where's my fill in the blank? Uh, so, yeah, uh, slavery still alive and well. I don't get paid a dime for all the services that I provide around this place. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. Speaking of slavery, we, my friend, are a slave to this podcast, although it's more of a it's more of a love. It's a labor of love. And here we are having now finished our second week. Uh, any high level comments, any high level thoughts on how week two was for you? So high level. I mean, I don't want to talk about me. My team okay. is terrible. I don't want to talk about me. But let's talk about some high level comments. I think we're seeing dare i say it a changing of the guard oh on who is elite in this league um i'm very i mean we're gonna get into it but i'm very impressed with what some certain teams are doing and i don't think coming into the year we would classify them as heavyweight contenders but i think they should be considered as such now okay so we're 10 percent of the way through the season and you already feel like changes is blowing on the wind it's in the air my friend it's in the air yeah. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and start looking at uh, where some of these uh, changes are happening uh, in, in the guard. And let's go ahead and dive in perhaps to the top scoring team of last week, that being the Mad King, who nobody expected to be uh, near the top of the leader. No, wait, that doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like a segue. But here we are. The Mad King puts up a 318.9. Uh, pretty handily taking out Aiden's 253.9 uh, this past week. Uh, we're seeing strong performances from McClanahan and Acuna and a bit of a surprise from one Jonathan India. What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, of course, you picked the one team who everyone called as a heavyweight favorite. Um, I mean, I guess that's fine. Um, <laughs> you know what? Ryan's team's firing exactly how you would expect it to, right? Um India, I mean, me and him have had a lot of back and forth. I'm not an India believer personally, but I'm being proven wrong by the day. 
Um, and obviously, Casas is a concern for Ryan. But other than that, can his season really be going much better? Yeah, that's that's fair. And I mean, you're right. Absolutely everyone has called Ryan to be top dog in this league for years now, actually. Um, so seeing him put up yet another uh, big regular season point total isn't that surprising. Um, on the other side of the equation, though, hell of an outing by Zach Gallen, putting up nearly 50 points by himself this week, but just not enough for Aiden. Well, Aiden's one of those teams I kind of want to spotlight, right? Because I don't think we would come into the year saying, like, Aiden necessarily is even a playoff team but i think aiden's firmly in that discussion right like 250 Mm. points is a solid outing sure he's not up to the standard of ryan but few teams in this league actually are um i like where aiden's going i i I do i think he's he needs a couple pieces um but i but i like where he's headed and i think he will be in the playoffs at the end of the year all right. And uh, an interesting uh, statement, to say the least. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's it's hard to hard to argue, right? Like those six, seven and eighth positions have tended to be a little more up in the air uh, than than guaranteed. However, with the new format, um, you really have to you have to earn your way in. You can't get in on on some fluke of, of schedule or the like like we used to have. No, and I mean, for Ryan, if we're going to go double back to him for a second, mm-hmm. I mean, with Ryan, the question is not, he's like that team in every league, right? The regular season juggernaut, we know what he is in the regular season. The questions for Ryan, like the Maple Leafs are finding out as we speak, what are they made of when the playoffs? Mm. And for Ryan, that track record has been one championship and a whole lot of failure. So still strictly better than the Leafs, Chad. I mean, I mean. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, you know what? Ryan is like the Washington Capitals. He's broken okay. through, but his team has been considered a Stanley Cup favorite equivalent for okay. probably five years now. Um, so one out of five, 20%. Okay. What's he going to do this year in the playoffs? That's all I care about if I'm Ryan. Okay. I mean, uh, as somebody who has lost in the semifinals for three consecutive years, uh, you know what? Anything can happen. That's the beauty of, of our playoff structure for sure. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is like, I don't think coming into the year, you were a nearly considered a <laughs> finalist contender in everybody's brains. Like Ryan is universally viewed as a finalist. Absolutely. I think by almost everybody. And the only person who can even compare is Chow. Sure. After, after that, that is the end of the list. Yeah. Period. But that's exactly my point. Because none of these three years where I have been a semifinalist has anyone at the start of the season even had me in the playoffs. No. Yeah. And that that's kind of the point, right? Like, yeah. all you have to do is get in. And once you're in, anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think for Ryan, it's call me up when it's playoff time. All right. Well, that's fair. And I mean, you know, if he uh, if he goes another 18 weeks uh, and still is looking at scores like this, he will definitely be there. But I imagine there are some other teams that are looking to get in as well. And I think it, maybe it's time to jump forward into uh, our next matchup. Uh, and I wanted to talk about our uh, fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler versus the former host of the podcast, The Man. And Tillo puts up a 287.0 and beats The Man's 249.3 on the back of another big Garrett Cole week, but also this time with some Luis Castillo help as well. Yeah, and I mean, I go look, I go look at uh, Tillo's team and I go, 
how the hell is he doing this every week? And I look at like his lineup and I start at the hitters and I'm like, well, those guys aren't particularly impressive. And then I get down to the pitch and I'm like, oh yeah, that's how he does it. He's rolling out four of probably the top 15 or 20 pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. And the scariest part is Max Scherzer hasn't even been himself. Yep. Um, that's how he's doing it, right? And and he's still like logging Edwin Diaz on the IL and Frankie Montas on the IL and you go, man, if he can ever get healthy, what is he really capable of? Um but yeah, it's it's to me it's solely off the backs of pitching, and I think the stats bear that out. If I check, I mean, um, hundred well, hundred and three points. I mean, hundred and eighty four points off your pitching, right? So I'm not yeah. good at the math. That's probably what like sixty seventy percent somewhere in that range off your pitching. Yep. It's about sixty percent, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we know what drives the bus for him. Well, yeah, and and on Nick's side, the the wheels go around Mr. Francisco Lindor. A uh, former resident of of one of your teams this year, if memory serves. However, I'm curious more about the latest injury news on one Jacob deGrom. Do you think this sinks the man's chance at back-to-back already? No, because, I mean, I've been doing some reading on it because I know you love to talk about deGrom and his injuries, (laughs) and he'll have undoubtedly many more for us to talk about. But I do think this is a minor injury, right? Texas is kind of indicating it was just a precautionary thing. His wrist seems fine. Maybe he misses a start. I don't think this is a long-term issue for him. So I don't think it's going to sink his chances. For some reason, I thought somebody else on his team got hurt as well, and I just missed that. But that doesn't appear to be the case. So, um. I mean, Gossman getting lit up, I think, is arguably more concerning if you're Nick, mm-hmm. right? Fair. But I guess, no, Gossman's no longer on his team, so I'm out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a time. I'm having a mm-hmm. senior's moment. But, uh, yeah, DeGrom, <laughs> DeGrom for sure is, is probably not going to be out long-term. I, I don't think so. Do you? Okay. So, I mean, Altuve is probably the one that you were trying to think yeah, of. Because Altuve went down yeah. uh, earlier, and he's been a staple on this team for yes. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also waiting on Justin Verlander to come back. Uh, who That's who it was. Yeah, could have a very, very mm-hmm. big impact on the team, but in doing so, may push Domingo Herman out of the Yankees lineup, who has been doing very well in his own right. Wait, Verlander is going to push Herman into the lineup? Why? No, that's a good point. No, that's not going to happen. That would be We're now. Both. That would be that would be a hot take. <laughs> Verlander comes back and gets traded to the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, All right, you heard it here first, everyone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're one for we're even now. We're even. We're even yeah. We we both put a foot in our mouth and we'll just mumble our way through the next uh matchup. Who let's go ahead and talk about uh the matchup between uh Jamil's Husan Alliance and Ash's Moneyballers, where we see the Husan Alliance come out on top 160.2 to Ash's 134.7. What are your thoughts on this one? This matchup makes me angry because um <laughs> as we'll get to I think I scored like 220 points, something like that. Like there should be a thing where it's like, if you as a winner score less points than a loser, you should lose. You should both just lose that matchup. This matchup should be a loss for both teams. Cause it's pathetic to have okay. to recap. Um, you know, Ash is trying to move Springer and Jimenez. So we could talk about that, but neither of these teams put up a particularly inspiring performance. And I'm not really surprised. I mean, I don't see either of these guys going to the playoffs at the end of the year. If you want my personal opinion through two weeks of overreaction, I think they're both Europa teams. Um, so it kind of upsets me that this was the total that took the W. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. 
that's 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 a fair take. Although uh, hearing you petition to drop the head-to-head aspect of our uh, <laughs> illustrious fantasy league uh, is yet another hot take in this flaming hot Cheeto of a podcast here. Um, obviously, yeah, these are two fairly low-scoring team, and and Ash has now put up sort of back-to-back really weak. Uh, showings, which isn't going to help the matter. But at the end of the day, this is a this is still a win for Jamil, and I mean he's doing it on the back of of Schwarber and, and Bieber, as you'd expect. But you got to start somewhere, right? And a win is a win, and he's still well within striking distance. Again, we're two weeks in, so everyone is still within striking distance. Um, but sometimes you got to get that first one out of the way. Yeah, and I mean Spencer Steer coming up big for him as well, right? I mean I think he's hurt right now, but he put up a good point total, so um, something to hold on to. And I, it's just the thing with me for these teams, more so Jamil, is like I don't really see where the points are going to come from, right? Like I don't see a lot of potential, I don't see a lot of stars on their team, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm biased. I, I see a lot more with Ash. I'm always like, why is this not? Why is the sum not better than the total of the parts, right? Like why? Why is Ash's team always the way it is? And I can't figure that out, right? Because when you have like a Devers and you have a Tatis, I get Tatis is hurt, but Ash has got a lot of good pieces. They're just not putting up the points you would think. It's fair. And and maybe for Jamil's future, it's it's less in the stars that are there right now and more the ones that are on the way. As he's sitting on, you know, Jordan Westbrook down in, in his minors, he's got Con- Connor Norby there as well. Otto Lopez, if you're a big homer for, for Toronto. And Mason Miller actually is getting the call up this week uh, for the Oakland Athletics, if that tickles your fancy at all. So it's not that there's no way for Jamil to sort of turn this around. He's got some guys down in the minors and either they help him get the team over the top or maybe they get moved for pieces. I don't want to put cold water on this. Cause I, I, like I get it, but like Mason Miller's thrown like 10 professional innings in like the minor leagues before he got called up. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the first time he has faced more than 10 batters. Like his two starts this year were the first time he's faced more than 10 batters. Um, I believe ever in a start. I mean, do any of those guys really seem to you like difference makers? Because they don't to me. So what you're telling me is that no one has film on him. So he's going to go 3-0 and with a sub-2 ERA right out of the gate. I mean, he throws 100. So <laughs> it doesn't probably, hurt. <laughs> probably. Uh, his average fastball velocity, I think, was 99 point something. So, so yeah, probably. Okay. But, but do you really think these guys, like Connor Norby, Jordan Westberg, okay but like i i don't know man like those guys don't get me too excited to have have. all right so you heard it here first jamil don't bother trying to get any of uh any of of jeremiah's win now pieces he's not interested in the minor leaguers uh you were going to be my broker last week i suppose i'll be your broker this one okay well he knows i've already brokered myself out of his minor league system he knows all right good 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 all right. Well, anything we want to say on Ash before we move on? I mean, we, we see Dylan C's doing well. Raphael Devers had a very low week, but still ended up being top three. Um, Not a lot. I mean, I'm interested to see how Tati's coming back in Pax's team. Um, that'll go a long way to kind of determining his direction moving mm-hmm. forward, I think. If he's mm-hmm. great, if he's a top five player like we all think he can be, Ash is going to have an engine to drive the bus. If not he might be looking at a retool. So we'll see. 
Well, I mean, he's got Gallo hurt. He's got Jimenez hurt. Uh, and it's a team that also has George Springer and Charlie Blackman. So the injuries are coming. You might as well put like a permanently injured sign on Elo Jimenez uh, at this point. I'm not sure how much you can rely on him or even Springer to an extent to put up numbers for you, which is probably why he's trying to move both of them. Could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's about all we need to talk about on that one. So let's go ahead and move into one that uh, had a bit of a uh, surprising lopsided element to it, given the uh, the state of the two teams going in. But uh, RKR's Bash Brothers uh, put up a 246.9 over the uh, penis uh, team, who just barely struggled to break 160 with a 160.4 last week. Uh, I apparently Cody Bellinger knows how to play baseball again. Well, this is so. This is one of my two teams I want to spotlight. Um, okay. I mean, I it's one of three. We talked about Aiden already. The other, the other one here is RKR. I think RKR is not a team you would have considered to be a strong contender coming into the year, but I really like what his team is doing. Uh, you're right. Another former player of mine knows how to play baseball once they get off my <laughs> roster. Uh, clearly, there's something in my internal system, my scouting and development department here. That precludes him from being good. But Cody Bellinger does know how to play baseball. Um, and I think the scary thing is that Juan Soto has been absolutely dog shit all mm. year. And RKR is still putting up this performance. So when I pull up his slash line, if my tablet ever loads this, um, he's hitting 164 with three home runs, seven RBIs, one stolen base, uh, 1.8 points per game. That doesn't mm. sound very Juan Soto-y to me. That sounds like Taylor Ward. Well, Taylor Ward's what? having a having a, a better start than Soto is even at, at, at this point. But I mean, even past Soto, there are other players. Like Adley Rutschman is he's he's a superstar. He is that catcher. He he came up last year and he sort of showed it. But then even in the pitching staff, if you go down that list, there are some names where you have to sort of go, Oh yeah. Oh right, yeah, he's he's good too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember Nick Lodolo had a huge amount of respect coming up through the system. And, oh, look, there's Grayson Rodriguez up now as well, and Camilo Doval, and Josh Hader. And there's depth here. There, It's a very impressive team. It's been coming for a while. And maybe I'm just a little too close to this because I've watched RKR knocking on the door for years in the, uh, the former redacted division. And so to see him turn that corner... I'm not as surprised as I could be. I am a little bit surprised. and I, You know what? I am surprised, especially with how sneakily, in my opinion, he's gone about it. Now, I haven't mm. resided in his division, so I wasn't looking at him under a microscope like you were. Um, but he made a lot of moves where you were like, eh, okay, like, whatever. But they've been solid. Like, mm. like the Josh Hader move in the offseason. We didn't talk about it. Nobody talked about it. Yep. I forget what he gave up. I think it was like an LM1 maybe. That's a solid pickup. Um, Lodolo, I think, was in his system. Rodriguez as well. Mm-hmm. But like Merrill Kelly, I think, he made a trade for. Um, David Bednar, I feel like he made a trade for as well. Like These are just guys that you're just kind of like, at the moment, you're like, eh, whatever. In isolation, they don't mean anything. But when you start putting them all together and you build out a pen and you build out a staff that's two, three, four guys deep, this is the result. It helps. It does so, help. 
mad props to RKR, and I really like him moving forward. What about on the other side of the equation? What what did Mr. Lim do that made you feel like there's hope? Nothing. Okay. I mean, this has been the same story for three years. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe that's not fair, but I feel like Lim's been in the vase discussion for two or three solid years now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going in anywhere else this season. He's a vase. Okay. All right. We saw a bad outing by Kodai Singa this week. We saw an okay outing by Shintaro Fujinami this week. Uh, Graham Ashcroft is the one person on his team that I feel like there's some hope that can be put there um, legitimately. The kid's a talent. Um, He's in a bad home park, arguably on just a bad team in general. Um, But between him and Ronzi Contreras, there's hope. Now, He's also playing Alec Manoa, who at this point I would just be benching because really what is showing you that you shouldn't be? Um, But there are pieces here. And if they all come together at once, it could, could work for him. There's hope. I'm saying there's hope. Yeah. I mean, I'm not optimistic. I'm not nearly as optimistic as you are. I think even if all those things came together, he still would be bad. Um, just a lot of missing pieces here, I think. But but again, it will depend on what comes in the system. And I think he does have some good prospects. I haven't looked recently, but I he's got a couple good guys. Um, let's see if we can pull it up. Yeah, I mean, you've got Logan Allen uh, kicking around in there. He also has Francisco Alvarez, uh, right, who right. you know, we're we're just waiting for that breakout to happen. Um, I like Aaron Zavala. Uh, you know, Alexander Canario is is you know, a top prospect as well. So he's got guys. Brady house is, is bouncing back this year. Drew Jones. Uh, when he, when he makes his way yeah. through. Yeah. Travis Swaggerty is, is a former top prospect. So yeah, he's got some guys. We can, we there's can dream hope. on that. Yeah. There's hope. there's hope. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, one of the more surprising outcomes uh, that we saw this week uh, where we see the stubby clap clappers, putting together a two-week win streak to go to 2-0 and with a 205.1 showing, taking down the last place Illuminati with a 168.1 total. Where do you want to start on this one? Um, I guess in retrospect, it wasn't surprising, right? Because Mike's team is just very bad. Um. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about Mike. I think he's going to be the last place team this year. Okay. I guess my, my question is more like, how much longer should Spencer Torkelson be rostered? Just a burning question I have. I mean, if you're not a good team, as long as it takes, right? If you already know that you're not competing, then a Spencer Torkelson is the exact kind of a prospect. Well, sorry, I guess he's not a prospect anymore, but he's the exact kind of player that you should be seeking, right? You've got the time to wait. You know, okay, he's not a superstar right now, but he's got all of the cachet that you want from a top prospect. You know, he was, you know, top 10 almost every single step of his way through the minors. And now that he's hit the bigs, sure, it's not quite everything that it was, you know, trumped up to be. The hype was strong, but, you know, if you've got the time to wait on somebody, he's a perfect post-hype candidate. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you're rostering Tarek Skubal and waiting for him and, and some other guys, uh, yeah. yeah, why not? 
Why not? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's these teams are just both very mediocre to me. I, I don't really see a path forward. Like I see Mike's path forward, which is wait for your prospects and hope for the best. Sure. But and Garth's got good prospects too. But I, like he's not going to make trades, so he's limited Correct. internally in what he can do. Um, he, he did, however, put up a very interesting element this week, where his top three guys are all relief pitchers. Well, that's probably a byproduct of the saves and hold category, right? So we're including a lot more guys mm-hmm. who don't close, but they get holds. Yeah. And, and but it also I think, sort of, sorry, I was just going to say, it speaks to a, uh, to a, perhaps a, a little bit of a, of a talent problem elsewhere. Although it's not that he is completely without talent, just that they didn't really show this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he does have a talent problem, but I think <laughs> uh, I think both these teams have a talent problem at the major level. Um, yeah. That's why they are the way they are. But yeah. um, you know what? It's a good score. We should stick with the positive. He's two and zero. It's got to feel good. And uh, hey, maybe this is the year he busts out of that five hundred slump. It could be. It could be. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on, and we'll see whether or not uh, Garth can grab an incredible third consecutive win on what I can only assume is going to be an undefeated season for him. And let's move ahead into one of the closest matchups that we had this week. Uh, and it, we saw it battle out in, uh, in the Slack channels themselves. Um, but we had the Midland Raccoons 274.5 eking out the victory ahead of Ben and the Star Boys with a 272.9. This was close right to the end, Jeremiah. Yeah, and I mean, if if I'm talking about three teams that are surprising me, this is the team that is surprising me for its poor performance. Uh, ben being 0-2, I did not see coming. Uh, Ben's got a very solid team. I, I would have thought he's right up there at the top. Um, but you know what? The Raccoons got themselves some pieces, man. I mean, we talked about it last week. Like, uh, Masataka Yoshida is somebody that I'm very fond of, and he didn't even have a good week. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's they got some pieces, man. Like, Verdugo's been good. Whit Jr. you would expect, good. Yep. Um, Anthony Rizzo had a week. Jared Kelnick. You yeah. want to talk about a post-hype sleeper. This man has all three out- outfield positions, and he doesn't play against lefties, but he smashes the shit out of righties when he plays. Yeah, being on the large side of the platoon and being good at it, you'll play a long time in this league. Yeah, I mean, it's almost preferable, right? It's like shield you from the guys you can't hit and line up the guys you can't. Yeah. Um, Patrick Corbin having a good start also is the difference, which is surprising to me. But there is no part of any universe where, in this stage of Patrick Corbin's career, you can count on that outing. You cannot count on that outing. <laughs> you cannot put money against it and expect to win. I mean, yeah, but but at the same time, if I told you. Um, Sean Murphy would put up 45 points and Jamer Candelario would put up 20 points. I would, I would believe both of those before (laughs) Matt Corbin outing. I'm not even exaggerating. Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. I think they're both pretty unlikely, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, right? Like kind of those quirky performances can make the difference. And and this Mm -hmm. is proof, living proof, literally that picking up a streamer could win your matchup. Yep, or it could lose you the matchup, and you and I have both been on both sides of that equation more times than we care to count. Yeah, yeah, 
but uh so, so if you're ben like are you panicking yet are you smashing the panic button trying to make a move trying to do something to get back into the wing column so so my answer to the question is no um i don't think so because i think you've got all of the pieces there um realistically like you are the best of the zero and two starters i mean what is what does that mean outside of the idea that you get to be competitive right like his point total right now is still top half that's that's the takeaway right like if he has different matchups he might not be two and oh but he's probably one and one uh pretty easily with the point total that he has um you know this own two start is unfortunate but again it's not owen two in his division and that's going to count against him come the playoff seating and whatnot it's just owen two yeah, that's a good point. I think it's a lot easier to bounce back from an 0-2, 0-3 hole this year than it's ever been before. Because if you would usually start off with a division matchup, maybe two, and that, and that kind of sinks you, especially when you're looking for tiebreakers at the end of the year when, when inevitably yeah. teams finish 10 and I think it's like 11 and 8 or something or 12 and 7. Yep, exactly that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and keep plugging through. You you had given your three teams that you were surprised by, and I was a little bit myself shocked to hear that this team wasn't one of them. But Graham's big beefy baseball boys two eighty four point six over Chow two sixty three point four, so a strong showing by Chow. But Graham two and zero and the top dog in the league right now. Jeremiah, how was this not one of your surprises? He is actually. He is my third team. So my first team was uh, was uh, Aiden. Second okay. RKR. He is my third team. Okay. Um. So yeah, can't can't ignore Graham and what he's doing. And I'm probably cursing him into oblivion with this position. <laughs> but I but I just really really don't see a world where Graham does not go on a strong playoff run this year for the first time. Um. This team's really good. It, it's got a lot of depth. When I look at the point totals, I see 20 points from well 20 points from two guys and basically 15 from a third. Brian Reynolds had the worst week of the season for him, put up negative points and still gets this result. I mean, Graham has so much depth when you look at his team. you got Jimenez, you got Happ, you got Horner, you got Reynolds, you got a Rosarena. I can go on and on and on with the bats. The pitching um, is, is, is decent, right? Like Christian Javier had a bad week, but normally he's decent. Pablo Lopez continues to play out of his freaking mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota's looking better by the day with that move and then signing him to an extension. Typical Marlins L. Um, <laughs> even Trevor Rogers had a great start. So Graham is firing on all cylinders, and this is what it, I, I would say the 90th plus percentile outcome for his team looks like. Yeah, and I mean, if you can hit your 90th percentile, you're you're probably going to win more than losing, and that goes for most any team uh, in this league this year. However, this is a bit of a shock for Chow, who has, you know, perennially been a been a favorite. He, he was on both of our lists as a playoff contender, whereas Graham was only on my list, might I point out. Um, do you think that the Jeffrey Springs injury is a death knell for Chow's season? Not by itself. I, I think... I think the Jeffrey Springs injury with his other pitching performance could be a death knell for his season. And what I mean by that is Corbin Burns is hurt. He has had one good start and three bad starts. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's left with just Aaron Nola, that's a problem. That's going to be a big issue for him, something he needs to fix. Because um, he came into here with Nola, Springs, Burns. I guess Bueller was hurt. 
So that, that's tough. Um, yeah. And pitching generally has just been very bad this year in general. Uh, the ball seems to be playing different, carrying a little bit more. Um, so it's it's tough. I think he's going to have to make some moves. I'm not sure how he's going to make them because, to me, his farm system isn't great. Um, so we'll see. But I think he's still a playoff team, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, I still think that he's a playoff team. But I'm wondering if that sort of top three status is now what's being questioned, right? He might be one of those six, seven, eight teams, or he could just blow everyone out of the water as like a top Europa score ever um, coming in at the, the nine seed and then just running the table and then, you know, stealing the draft next year. Well, somebody who did that last year, uh, winning Europa does not get you the first pick, apparently. So you you have to have that pick. Uh, that goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I, I granted I did not fall too far, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's a Europa team. I think he's definitely a playoff team. But maybe instead of top three, he's more like top six, six. Okay. You know, like like he's probably top six. I think by the end of the year. And is it Graham that has officially pushed him out of that top three spot then? Now, that's a good question. I don't know who takes that spot. I like Graham right now, but like you said, we're only 10% of the way through. Injuries are going to play a big part of that. Consistency is going to be a big part of that. Jury's still out, I think. Okay, well, if it's not Graham pushing out, Chow, then perhaps it's the winner of our... Next matchup, the second best team right now overall, the Staddlemon Stars putting up a 270 total over Chris's Mama Good Boys, uh, 187.2. Stads is the number two team overall right now. Strong 2-0 start. And incredibly, he did it without either Otani or Vlad appearing in his top three. So, um, one move that has like been basically a microcosm of my season so far. So I was on the waiver wire, I was hunting the guys down and I wanted to pick this player up. I feel like I, for some reason I couldn't find space or pick a guy to drop. So I went to sleep. I woke up, he was gone. Stad to pick him up and it was Jorge Mateo. Mm. And he has been awesome. He, his bat has always kind of been a question, but with the new rules, like he is stealing an insane amount of bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bats, the bats been better, right? But like he's basically powering Chow's team or uh, Ian's team based off of his legs. And that's pretty incredible, right? We're up to eight stolen bases so far this year. I mean, I don't know what that projects to over the season, but it's something crazy, like 70 or 80 stolen bases. Yeah. Um, you know, 50 seems like a lock at this point. So we'll have to see. Um, but like Ian's getting a lot of performances from guys that I think could be playing over their heads. Like, I don't know if Andrew Heaney is going to be this good all year. Um, I don't know if like John Schreiber and Drew Smith and Jose Quijada are going to be these kind of relievers all year. Do I buy into Shohei? Obviously I do. Um, But there's some guys I have question marks about. Like, are you going to ride Kenley Jansen and Jamison Tyone all year? Because that seems like a risky proposition to me. Right? Like, I don't know. Um, is Cal Raleigh or uh, Michael Conforto or is Andrew McCutcheon going to keep being awesome? Like, there's a lot going right here mm-hmm. that seems to be going right in spite of itself. And it doesn't seem like it continue. Well, the key is that if he's getting some of those second and, and maybe even 
you know, third or fourth tier players stepping up on the weeks where Vlad isn't breaking double digits and Shohei isn't putting up, you know, just all time MVP numbers again in that particular week. He still put up a 270 point total despite those two taking a step back. This team may not look like one to be afraid of, but goodness me, it's clearly one that is being very, very scary. Yeah, and I mean, on the flip side of that, I mean, no disrespect to Chris, but I don't think his team's scaring anybody. And that's what a team mm-hmm. that looks unscary looks like. So you're right. Um, when I look at Ian's team, I go down the roster, I'm like, eh. But it, his team's not playing like that. So no. it doesn't really matter what it looks like if it's putting up the points. It's putting up the points. And that's that's how you win, I've been told. Uh, which we might as well at this point jump back to uh, to my matchup uh, because putting up the points and getting the win is not what I did. Um, my a measure of force team put up two hundred point one, so I broke that that by century mark. But in doing so, still managed to take the loss against Squirtle Squad, putting up two forty one this week. Tear me apart, Mister Jeremiah. What is uh what's going on in this matchup? It's not Max Muncy's fault you lost. <laughs> I can tell you that much. That guy tried his best, but uh, not enough guys are pulling on the rope, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know. Tyler Anderson had a bad start. You know this mm-hmm. kind of yep. this part already. Uh, some of your relievers, especially Mr. Ryan Presley, has not been particularly good for you. Um, it's tough to pinpoint one thing in particular. I, I want to say the bats kind of let you down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can think it just depends on your distribution. This just seems like the kind of matchup where you don't have the hired guns that the Squirrel Squad did. Um, you know, Volpe didn't have an amazing week. Jung didn't have an amazing week. Like, they're still coming along, and you ran up against a team that is throwing out established stars that are putting up the point totals, the Nimos, the Laos, um, the Seegers of the world. Right. So I want to say it can boil itself down to you have up and coming talent. You ran into established talent. Okay. That might be an oversimplification. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I was just going to put it on having lost two starters late in the week before, meaning, you know, there was no chance to, uh, to get that rotation sort of patched up. Um, But the truth of the matter is, uh, you know what? Max Muncy is not playing against San Francisco uh, every night, uh, which is really too bad because that would be, Exactly how I'd win. I could put up 200 points on Max Muncy against uh, the Giants by himself. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's a better number than it could have been um, and better than many of the others that we, we've already talked about today. But it's still not a competitive number. And so that's the uh, that's my takeaway. Uh, the Squirtle Squad did what the Squirtle Squad does. Uh, lots of moves, you know made it happen and uh and good for them they're they're two and oh i'm oh and two i will not question the uh the value uh their team in in that respect because they're winning i'm not yeah and i mean before before you try to get into this last matchup i just want you to know that this last matchup for the purpose of this podcast is redacted so we will not be discussing it we will not be discussing the matchup between uh, the last two teams with a 237.8 victory over the 213.8 uh, point scored team. Okay. No, it's, you know what? It's only fair 
Flex went on Slack. He posts his his little meme. Well, this matchup's <laughs> redacted, sir. Okay. So there will be nothing to talk about. All right. Well, then, with that, with uh, with the completion of the review, including the matchup that we're not uh, talking about, then what we can, however, review is uh, the week two picks. Um, Going down that list, uh, we both called the Squirtle Squad, Tillo, Jamil, Graham, and Stad's victory. So that's five points for each of us. Uh, where we split, I pulled the Mad King, whereas you had called Aiden, uh, which in retrospect seems like a really bad uh, selection. However, I picked, <laughs> I picked Lim over RKR, and that one worked against me. Um, but the one where I pulled out ahead was my selection of uh, Garth McInnes over Mr. Kaminsky, uh, which netted me plus one point over you. And so the sum total for this week is a 7-6 victory for yours truly. Jeremiah, have you started taking some vocal vocalization classes to make sure that you've got your your rhythms and your syncopation uh, proper for, for the upcoming uh, rap release you're going to be making? No. Although, okay. I need to get some points back so I don't have to keep listening to this shit week <laughs> after week <laughs> after week. Uh, yeah. So, okay. No, I have not taken vocalization classes. I don't even know if you deserve proper vocalization on a rap track. Ooh. Based on I what you're putting me through. There, yeah. There's a hot take. There's a hot take. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the overall total, just to keep the fans uh, up to speed, is uh, Garth now has, sorry, Newton now has uh, 14 total correct picks over two weeks to Jeremiah's 11. So we're already at a three-point spread. Does not bode well for the remaining 17 weeks of the season. Well, you know what, Jeremiah? You cannot get into the winning column if you don't have your picks selected so we might as well take this opportunity to actually before we jump into into week three i apologize there was one other thing that i wanted to sort of go over because uh we have this new standings approach where every week now independent of how the the divisions are laid out we can just look at how those teams are doing we're down to seven undefeated teams now um, and we've already sort of talked about some of the some of the surprises at the top with with Graham and Stads being number one and number two. Uh, just to round it out, we've got Neeson and Tillo uh, as the top four, with Raccoons coming in as the fifth team. Uh, looking at the standings right now, which I'll point out is annoying because ESPN keeps those standings updated based on point totals uh, as well, which means that. It could be different than what it was at the end of the the end of the week specifically. So you might see some change in in that um, just because of how they're they're doing that. But are there any other surprises for you? Does this does that top five seem right to you so far? I mean, the raccoons being up there surprises me a lot. Okay. I I guess I haven't read the standings enough recently, but that's kind of shocking to me and disturbing because I, I just don't see them being there at the end of the year. Um. I don't know how you feel about that, but like the Mad King, I would I would imagine he would be there. Um, and we've kind of talked about Graham and Ian and, and how they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler is fourth. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Squirtle Squad makes sense. The Clappers does, does not make sense. I, I don't see that continuing. And okay. then on the other side of things, 
I don't see Ben being held down on a season and I don't see Chow being a Europa team. So the, I would probably take out the Raccoons and the Clappers and put in Chow and Ben. Okay. All right. Well, we are 10% of the way through the season. So we, uh, we've got a long way to go, but there are some definitely some interesting things happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm very excited about it. I, I think it's fun to have new teams win. It's nice to have parody, don't you think? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, and as soon as Neeson stops being uh, the top dog every year, uh, we might achieve truth parody. Yeah, I mean, he can just quit the league whenever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we uh, take this opportunity then to uh, to jump ahead and let's see if we can't uh, sort of speed our way through the week three matchups uh, going on. Uh, I've we as we had discussed last week. Sorry, we uh, we have shared our picks uh, with each other ahead of time. These were both. All of our picks were selected by by both of us before the week starts, so we're going to see how this goes. Um, and functionally speaking, we made nine out of ten of the exact same selections. So for the uh, for the value of the people playing along at home, uh, why don't we just sort of walk through the uh, the picks that we've made? Uh, I'm going to go by the scoreboard, Jeremiah, just so we're on the same page. Uh, the top of my list right now is a measure of force against the Husan Alliance. What are your thoughts on this matchup? You got to tell us who we both picked because I forget who I even picked in these matchups. Um, okay. okay. I might have picked Jamil, right? It's you chalk. definitely picked Jamil. We both picked Jamil. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm curious why you didn't pick yourself, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just think Jamil is a better team, although that pick is looking not so hot at the moment given the current score, you're actually on top. That would be hilarious if we both picked Jamil and you won the matchup. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Lyle's doing well. It's not something I saw coming. I, I don't know. I just thought Jamil was a better team on paper. Okay. Uh, it was a chalky pick, and I wanted to take the chalk here. So. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the reason that I didn't pick my team is that I have to look at my team every day, uh, and therefore I get a good feel for what it is and what it isn't. Um, what you're looking at actually is three starts on Monday that uh, have definitely buoyed that uh, that point total higher uh, than it would be otherwise. And it's looking like I might have as many as five starts on Sunday as well. So it could be a fun week in that respect. But uh, I just think Jamil's team is is stronger. It's got the, right now the uh, the better roster, and I think that that plays out over time. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, well, let's go ahead. We might as well actually jump to yours. I got to find it on the page here, but uh, we might as well talk about uh, Chaos Reign Supreme going up against uh, the Staddle Monstars. Now, uh, to be clear, we both picked Stads on this one. Uh, which looking at that score right now was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, I'm already dead, bro. Like, I don't, he can stop whenever he wants. Uh, <laughs> no mercy. 100 points to 32.8. I mean, 106 to 32.8, sorry. Yeah. Uh, nobody else is within, in my defense, nobody else is within 30 points of that at the moment. 20 points of that, sorry. So, uh, yeah. It's not looking great, but this is kind of what I expected. Stads is on a roll, man, and I can't, 
for the life of me, explain it. Like his top yep. point getters, like Marcus Simeon is going off and Otani fine, but Jose Quijada has already got 10 points this week. Yep. So yeah, it's, just, it's over, man. I think it already is over. Already over. Well then let's, uh, let's not kill the dead horse uh, any further. Uh, let's move to, we've got the man going up against Aiden. Uh, this was one of the ones where we both picked Aiden, uh, which right now seems to be the right pick with Aiden up uh you know about a dozen points uh here as we sit here on tuesday night yeah i mean i i think this i picked made these picks right around when Degrom got hurt so mm. that was probably why i picked aiden because that's a that's a big blow uh for nick to come back from could be wrong yeah. though i might be wrong but yeah Degrom start he he got pulled from a start uh on monday and you you had okay. your picks in yeah, yeah. early on time okay like like okay. a good participant so <laughs> Okay, then I just don't like Nick's team. <laughs> oh, I said I was going to fade Nick. That's why I did that. Yes. Remember, I was like, I'm going to fade Nick, so I got to stick right. with it. That's why. Yeah, that's why I did. All right. Well, uh, no need to, to dig any further into that one. We can advance to the, the next one. We've got Ash's Moneyballers uh, currently losing to uh, Tillo's fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler's. Uh, it's about a 20-point spread uh, right now, and we both picked Tillo for this. Any thoughts? No, I mean, he's winning. Tillo's a better team. I think we both agree on that. Mm. Uh, Tatis coming back wasn't enough to sway me because I don't think he's back till Thursday. Yeah, back so half of the week is my understanding. Yeah, as well. that, in my in my mind, that wasn't enough time to, to sway the matchup for me. So, mm-hmm. and Tillo's already got a uh, a fifteen point performance out of Chris Sale, which. I don't know that you can count on that all the time, but when it happens, it's real nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? When he's not cutting up jerseys and trying to get back in the swing of things, he's actually all right. (laughs) Who knew? All right. The next matchup we're going to talk about here is the Mad King against Penis. Uh, We both picked the Mad King as the uh, the ruler of of this matchup. that being said, right now Lim's got a, a a pretty good point total at at fifty. It's just turns out Ryan's at seventy one and climbing. Yeah, I mean, looking at this though, I feel like it was a missed opportunity to diverge from me here. I kind of wish I took penis. You heard it here first, everybody. Jeremiah kind of wish he took penis. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's move on from that one because that one was a, a pretty pretty easy pick, and we we both settled on it. Uh, let's move ahead to uh, well, let's pile on to one Mister uh, Mike Kaminsky, whose Illuminati is already down sixty points to RKR's Bash Brothers. We both picked RKR on this one. I mean, look at us. We look we look like geniuses. Like this so is a this is a huge spread, man. Like Hayden Wisniewski had a great start. That's awesome. Merrill Kelly had a good start. What's Mike going to counter with? Uh, Vincent Velasquez. And, uh, you know, that that's it, folks. That's, that's uh, it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tip well. the veal, try your waitress. Good night on that matchup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to skip over the next one just beca- just to give a little bit of, uh, of drama to the, to the audience here. Instead, I'm going to jump to uh, we got Chow. Uh, with the size matter going up against uh, Garth McInnes' stubby clap clappers. Um, 
far, Chow's got a lead on the 2-0 Clappers team. We both picked Chow. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this one? Another point of misdivergence, I think. Like, I, I don't know if this is the lock that I thought it would be when I came into the se- came into the week, right? Like, I was like, oh, right. in my head, like, yeah, it's not going to be close. But you know what? Like, he might lose. <laughs> he might lose, especially now that Springs is out for a long term. Mm-hmm. And Burns is probably out for the week. I mean, man, should have took should have took the Clappers. I think. Okay. All right. Well, the uh, the next one where we both picked the same was the uh, we both selected the Midland Raccoons to win over Mummy's Good Boys. However, right now Chris is up ten points on Mark's team, which is a really really low scoring at thirty to twenty currently. Yeah, I mean, if you stack these two point totals together, you get about half of what Ian's dropping on me at the moment. Um, I had no feel for this matchup, I'm not going to lie. When you get two teams like this, I don't believe in what the Raccoons are doing. I don't think Chris is more than a base team. I just, yeah, I just went with who I thought was a better team. But you know what? Like, if this went the other way, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Okay. All right, and in our ninth matchup that we'll discuss here, we've got Flex going up against the number one overall seed in the big beefy baseball boys, uh, who have a 30-point lead at 69 to 39 right now. Graham, way out ahead, we both picked Graham. How can you not, though? Like, at this point, can you fade the number one overall team? Really? Like, I wasn't going to include that you weren't going to either. Nope. And so far it's looking like the smart play. All right. Well, with that, we come to the last matchup to discuss this week. The one matchup that we picked on opposite sides uh, in this, uh, this, this pick them uh, week, but in the matchup between the star boys and the squirtle squad, which we might as well call our matchup of the week, because it's clearly the only one you and I will be watching outside of our own. Uh, I took Ben, you took the squad, and right now the squad has a 25-point lead on the Star Boys. Yeah, so I mean, this is a chance for me to get one point back. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I just trust the squad to manage the matchup better at the end of the day. like I think they're both talented teams. They're both probably playoff teams. But if I had to pick a manager to ride or die with, it's those guys. So... That's what did it for me. What about you? Uh, for me, honestly, I had there. There's no vision where I see Ben going 0 three, uh, and him sitting down with you and me at the bottom of uh, of, of of the pool. Um, <laughs> the podcast curse. That, that's right. I just I just don't see that that happening. Um, but I mean, you know, the squad did just pull off a trade with Flex uh, earlier in the week to get. Edward Cabrera, who put up 17 tonight. So, you know, a little bit of foresight by them. Um, But yeah, I I still think Ben has what it takes to to pull it out. So I'm not feeling worried yet. Okay. I mean, that's fair. It's still very early. This could really go either way, but uh, I could really use the point back. So I don't have to listen to, did you call up Drake and get some lyrics for the upcoming rap? So. I, I mean, if you've got him on your speed dial, you might as well. I've heard he's learned how to to spit a verse once or twice. So, 
I think that's what the kids call it these days. I've been really trying to uh, to read up on it just in case. Well, if you end up asking that, my response will be, I just will use chat GPT. Okay. I mean, you still got to perform it. It doesn't matter what the words are, how you came up with the words. You still need to perform it. I think that's the hardest part of this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be difficult. There'll be multiple takes for sure. Okay. But as the winner of this competition, I insist that I get delivered all of those takes. <laughs> <laughs> How many hours of, of audio are you going to listen to? Because I will, I will, I, I, I swear here and now I will listen to all of it and I will critique <laughs> it in a, a trade like article. Really? I thought you were going to critique it on a live podcast, but that's... I, I, I can do that as well, although, nope. again, how many hours do you want that podcast to be? No, 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 no. Trade article is, <laughs> Trade article is fine. <laughs> um, speaking of which, you know, this is this whole thing has kind of inspired me. I'm mm. going to try to have an article out on the website about Ooh. my top five biggest surprises and biggest disappointments of the season so far. That'll include probably a combination of teams, real-life yeah. players... And whatever else tickles my fancy. Oh, wow. See, now we're getting to be a real uh, baseball podcast where you can even talk about the articles you're writing. We're, we're, we're turning big time now, Jeremiah. Well, if I can't talk about the shitty articles I write, what, what am I doing? How, could we, how else could we fill up an hour every week, truly? I don't know. I'm just listening to our voices, I think, is all it takes. That's it. Oh, before we, before we end this, I think we mm-hmm. have like 216 plays i think that's what the app tells me oh interesting no that's probably all time but but people are listening like there was like 16 views of our last last week's podcast well there you go what are you going to do with your newfound fame (sighs) i don't know i don't know fame can't buy happiness they tell me so not much okay all right well now that you've got a soapbox that approximately 15 people are listening to You'd best be careful with your message to make sure that the right point is getting across. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to come off as um, partisan since we are likely funded by the government. Right, right. And instead, we'll just remember you for such uh, catchy phrases as, I wish I had taken penis. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, corresponds to the 69% of government funding we receive. Amazing. Absolutely. Very good, sir. Well, if there's nothing else for us to talk about this week, I would like to thank you for your patience tonight. It was a rather trying night in the uh, in the Newton household, and uh, you were very kind to uh, to work around the challenges, shall we say, of having children in that respect. And I'm I won't go into the gory details. This is a PG <laughs> podcast, after all. But I appreciate your patience and flexibility, sir. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I hope everything's all right. And every time you tell me things like this, it makes me not want to have children. So, Absolutely. There is no better prophylactic than a man who has already had children. Just remember that. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. There you go. All right. Well, then, without further ado, Jeremiah, thank you once again for uh, sticking around with me tonight. And for everybody else out there, uh, thanks for listening this long. And have a good night and good fantasy.